This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. Welcome back to The Greatest Night of Your Life, brought to you by... Captain Underpants's Extravaganza Circus. An extravagant circus. Yeah, where you wear underpants that are gilded and bedazzled. Are you sure this isn't a sex shop you're selling? No, it, they're very beautiful underpants that um, are worn by royalty. I thought it was a circus. Yeah, and people go around wearing bedazzled underpants in the circus. Okay, now, What is not worth the circus about this? You are describing a fashion show now. Um, <laughs> a very lewd one, I might add. That was just a normal fashion show. <laughs> he figured it out. Are there gilded lingerie shows? Because I'm pretty are. sure if like Beyonce put on a a a fashion show, that's what it would turn into. But I, I thought it was Janet, bedazzled underwear. I thought it was Janet Jackson who had the weird faux pas thing. The wardrobe She's not, She didn't invent bedazzled underwear. Though. Well, neither did Beyonce. Or for bedazzled that bustiers. Okay, fine. If who was the original then? Do you know? I don't know. You said gilded underpants, so I'm just imagining guys in boxer briefs with dildos on the front. Wait. Because, yeah. That's not what gilded means. Gilded can mean a uh, number of different things. Okay, well, why do you imagine dildos? What does that say about you? Uh, you say the word like a oh hundred times okay. a day. We're going to read sci-fi stories. Back to the original <laughs> intent of this whole <laughs> spiel. Welcome back to Ray Gun Readers. Um, we are on episode seven. I believe this is episode seven. Um, and we are, we had the Brown Dwarf saga last time. So we're going to go back to some smaller stories this time. The first one is from Babylon Fiction. This was a request to read. This is from the short sci-fi stories Reddit. And it is titled Regularly Scheduled Programming. No, no, no. Regularly Scheduled Programming. I said that. No, you said regularly. Regularly. One more time. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. Regularly Scheduled Programming. Okay, then. The war was fired at Lars through three election tubes behind the phosphor screen. Electron tubes. (laughs) What did I say? Election tube. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, don't, don't do that. Don't. No. Don't and I do can't that. say it regularly. Oh wait, I just did. No, stop, stop. No. <laughs> okay. The war was fired at Lars through three electron tubes behind the phosphor screen. All over the living room wall. Wall. It was another good report today. I wish you wouldn't watch that, his mother said from the kitchen hatch. She would have liked to turn the program off, but of course she could not. So she stood quietly as burning starships flashed from Earth orbit out across the armchairs, the dining table, and the boy. All in void black and glorious atomic white. Nowadays, it was mostly white. Do you think we're winning? She didn't have the stomach for the reports, but despite herself, she still asked. The boy smirked like he always had it like he always did at that question. Without answering, he sunk deeper into the pleather chair. Of course. Eventually he did answer. We're always winning. Come on, you'll be late. 
The boy was wearing his uniform. She ushered him away from the television from the television to the hallway where he put on the plastic boots. After that, she hurried him out the co- into the corridor in the direction of the education center. So he's watching a morning news report. On an old style tube television. Yeah, and there's flagship battles going on. Interesting. The war was playing out here too, of course, on the phosphor screens at regular intervals on the, on the corridor walls. The boys was no longer interested in that, however. Above, far above, was the vaulted polyglass ceiling. It offered an un- uninterrupted view of the war. Beyond the station gravity shell, beyond the dust orbits, was the Earth. He could just make out the gray outline of continents. In the dried caldera, in the dried calderas of XCs, argon lasers flashed red. Screech ships dodged the J beams that flickered throughout low orbit. A rocket carrier limped down, glowing red, towards the atomic slag. Of course, prettiest of all were the fission flashes, one one every few seconds, like errant stars. He had timed the walk perfectly. From the dock at the center of the station, a troop ship was leaving. The rocket trails followed it down to the planet's surface. One day, he murmured, only to himself, as he lingered at a little longer under the warm glow of the war. But behind the kitchen walls, electronic switches clicked and relays buzzed, as the small text screen chimed life, reporting important information to where the mother stood, cleaning. Boy 15C is late for mandatory training. Report to Office of War to receive punishment. <laughs> so he was late to school? He was, which is ironic because the it, it, this looks like a militaristic society where um, martial law is in place. Get it? Martial law? Ha 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 ha. Martial law is in place and he's clearly enamored with the war and he wants to become a soldier because he's watching the other troop ships leaves. And he gets in trouble for being late to school, despite like you know wanting to do what they want to breed him for. So we have this kind of it almost feels like not diesel punk, but it's if Fallout was in space or like had spacefaring technology. It feels very because um, the phosphor tubes or electron tubes going into phosphor screens. And um, it's a very old style, like, you know, 1960s style sci-fi. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, I'd say more updated with some of the 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 um, the way they're describing things. But it, it does feel very, like, you know, World War II newsreel. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Which it, it is fun. It's fun to... Um, that's the nice thing about Fallout. It's advanced technology in 1950s, 1960s. Setting. And indoctrination still a thing. Go figure. Go figure. Just um. Of course, more pretty, explicit. Uh, of course, prettiest of all were the fission flashes. Once every few seconds, like Aaron stars, uh, in the dried calderas of XC's argon lasers flashed red. Screech, screech ships dodged the J beams that flickered throughout low orbit. And that was a really nice... What's a J-beam? I don't know. But it was a nice... Is it an arcing laser beam? Possibly. That, Screech ships dodge that the J-beams. That don't make beams. no sense. Uh, um, it could be like flat cannons, but something you use in space, maybe. Flat cannon. I do, I do like the um, that paragraph in its description, because it throws out chemistry and just... Basically, it's very colorful very what's happening. 
Kind of like, you know, it reminds me of in the this like sixth... This is what you keep showing me, these condensed sci-fi stories. They feel like, um, they feel like condensed, like what I said. <laughs> um, like almost um, more than a story. It's almost more on the, the, the edge of, of poetry, you know, where you have to fit a lot more into a couple sentences. Yeah. Then, um, I mean, this is a really short story. Yeah. But we did a very long one, so I figured contrast it for discussion's sake. And you're right. This one is kind of bordering on poetry, which I think is cool. But um, it is a constraint that a lot of the authors have to work in. And they may, I've seen more serials popping up because people do want to tell longer stories. But this does kind of force them to think concisely. Are they on Mars or the Moon? I think they're on Mars, but I can't really tell. They're on Earth. Wait, they said they weren't on Earth. Where? Beyond the station gravity shell, beyond the dust orbits was the Earth. So they're on a station with um, some sort of um, artificial gravity. And they could just make out... Um, and they say XCs, so I guess the planet's been destroyed. Oh, you're right. No, he's looking at the Earth. Oh, so we don't know where they are. You no, know, they're on a spaceship. Or a space station, or the moon, or And he has to take a rocket carrier... No, 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 I can't tell. Rocket. Some sort of rocket to get to mandatory training? I don't think so. I think I, think I was just said. Eh, whatever. Critical reading skills. So, oh, it was a nice little jaunt through kind of post or antebellum era. I like that. So thank you. But they still have pleather. They do, they do have pleather. They have pleather and cathode ray tube TVs. In and the future, pleather will never spaceships. die. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Babylon Fiction, for that story. Um, let us move on. Okay, this one is called Watermarks, and it's on Cryosleep? Yeah, the Cryosleep uh, subreddit, which is oh. one I'm not familiar with, actually. So this is new. But it is How'd from you get the story? Uh, Decomposed, who wrote the Lemon Drops and Evisceration story. Mm, yes, that's very interesting. You like that story, so you can't fake not liking it. Which story? Lemon Drops and Evisceration. With Steve in the bar. No, I remember. I'm just pausing. Trying, trying to be funny. No. You see, you have to make a joke with it. I've, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, story time. Watermarks by Decomposed. Now you guys can get into bed while we read this. The implants were meant to help people. They were meant to make things like international communication between disparate parties easier, to negotiate the human unknown and diagnose the precursor for diseases before they could ever even start to plan an attack on the body. Okay, so uh, before we read any further, uh, guesses? What do the implants really do? Do they it's mind control you? Called water. Do they marks. hack your body? They're called watermarks, and watermarks are meant to be oh. a lasting imprint that indicates ownership. And oh. also today, in today's world, used to help so fight uh, theft of original content. You become content. an Apple product, then maybe. Maybe, like yeah, it's a stamp of ownership from a super company or something. Maybe, yeah. I think that it forces them to do their bidding. All right, we'll see. The lists of purported advantages for the conditions of the implants were endless. 
They touched on everything from improved eyesight to aggravated social incline. What is aggravated social incline? So it forces you to be social? I don't know. Aggravated social incline. Maybe, yeah, like it makes you more charismatic. Be outgoing. <laughs> um, from an instant cure for depression and anxiety to the ability to change one's eye or hair color at will. When they first arrived, everything was of pure frenzy. Everyone wanted one for one reason or another. The best part? The procedure was completely free. All right, now we know that it's, yeah, anything that comes free from a mega corporation is always going to have st strings attached. Poor, rich, young, old, self shelf stalker, or the owner of the company. It didn't matter as long as you were fully committed to the premise of a fresh reality. Experience a new reality. <laughs> Lose your ego. My own implant came on the morning of my 32nd birthday, six months after the launch. Other than my appointment... Six months? This guy wasn't very cool. No, he, uh... He, he lagged behind the trends. He's such a nerd. Other than my appointment, it was a droll affair. A morning workout, lunch with a few friends, and a new watch for myself. My only other present. But none of that mattered, because today was the day of my mortal reckoning. I remember proudly and pretentiously crowing those actual words to my still implantless friends, hands folded behind my head, a smirk playing at the corners of my mouth. Wait, wait, wait. Did he still need a watch if he just got implanted with knowing time well, all he, times of it was the day? A, it was a birthday gift. I know, but like, he doesn't so need it. So no, he doesn't need it, but someone gave it to him. They probably don't know if he was getting implants. Right, so he could hock it. Okay. The procedure itself was quick and painless. It felt almost euphoric. Under the skin, just an inch down from the ditch above my elbow. Under the skin, just an inch down from the ditch of my elbow. My new companion pulsed with life. I'd always been against body modifications, but something about its bright white shining through my pale skin felt entirely natural. So he has an on button now. <laughs> I spent the rest of my day of the day planning around changing the fingers on my left hand into various utensils. <laughs> so he's become dun, Inspector dun, 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 Gadget. Dun, dun, <laughs> that night, I willfully removed the memories of my wife's suicide and cured the onset symptoms of multiple sclerosis that I've dealt with since I was 12. What? Okay. What? So these implants allow you to be a utility hand thing and, and to erase memories? Damn, okay. When I awoke the next morning, clearing away the remnants of sleep was as simple as blinking. After a few weeks, I developed a formula to only require an hour of sleep a day, per day. Through the trials and tribulations, I, I ecstatically perfected myself piece by piece and arranged the building blocks of absolution until I was walking, until I was a walking portrait of the person I had always wanted to be. So I'm a little concerned, just from a writing perspective, that these things can pretty much cure everything. So deus ex Adonis? Uh, a little bit. Um, this does actually feel very deus ex, the video game. But, like, if they can do everything, I don't know if I like that. But we'll continue reading. It wasn't until I was coming up on the one-year anniversary of my implantation date that I started to hear them. Tiny, soft whispers in the corners of rooms. Peripheral things that slipped easily into the shadows of the night. At first, I thought I was just going a little mad. Maybe I'd been overworking myself. The lack of required sleep had pushed my product productivity into overdrive, 
and I was getting more done in one day than I'd previously been able to accomplish in a month. No matter how our... No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't will the whispers away. They sank into the background of every moment, both waking and unconscious. I could never quite pick out a word or phrase. The sounds were like a sheet of rain, transparent and wordless. Eventually, they became part of me. Halfway through the day of my one-year anniversary, my hands started moving on their own. I was sitting at my living room table, poking lazily at a plate of food with one eye trained on a book I'd been trying to finish for weeks. I blinked, and in a split second I'd sent my fork flying into the wall across from me with enough force to drive it straight through the molding. I stared at my spasming limb, fingers curling and flattering like a deranged spider, and tried to still it to no avail. After a few minutes, it returned to normal. I could bend my wrist and wave my fingers without issue. I don't know why, but I shrugged it off. But then over the course of a week, I lost control of my other arm, left leg, mouth, and the same hand once more. Each time I had the same results. I would become a puppet for this unseen marionette. And then after a moment, things would return to normal. Didn't I predict this? That it would control people? I think you did. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Um, there was never any pain nor discomfort, just loss of control. Not... Not not being able to deal with it any further, I finally dug up the owner's manual for the implant on my computer. He didn't read the user license user agreement. Oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> um, I finally dug up the owner's manual for the implant on uh, my computer and poured through... That's not how you spell poured. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> and poured through the hundreds of, and hundreds of pages of text. Line upon line of superfluous business bits and bytes, nothing that presented any use to me or referenced my problem. Then, buried in page 529 of 1203, I found the following. N120, your submission to our services. Our services may allow you to continue to physically inhabit your body for as long as 18 months with the Macroterra package. The base package's allowance of autonomy will officially end at 12 months from the initiation date. End of autonomy will henceforth be known as the marked date. Personal control may or may not begin to diminish leading up to the marked date. On the marked date, the feral worm, model number dependent on your purchase date, will begin its agency. You may experience fluctuations in the world around you in regards to any of the 14 senses, and accept any and all responsibility for actions performed as a result of these fluctuations. Sickness sloshed around in my stomach. I wondered, faintly, if I was actually feeling the nausea threatening to creep into the, to my throat, or if the implant was just having fun. I frantically scrolled to the very last page. Thank you for becoming a part of our services. Within three months of your marked date, you will begin to receive your instructions and will be placed in your permanent role. Last updated, June 13th, 2038. That was a month ago. Since then, I've lost about 90% of my autonomy. My days are fairly gray, but thankfully I have brief spurts of control which burst through the haze. Yeah, okay. They allow me to get these thoughts out, down, out of my head, making way for the wasted space of nothingness, waiting to take over completely. I can't take my own life. It's in the manual. Likewise, <laughs> I can't destroy whatever is left of my mental faculties. Any permanent destruction of property owned by the Pharaoh Institute is strictly pro prohibited. Now I simply sit and wait, welcoming the eventual void. I just wish I'd read the term. I had read the terms and conditions. Okay, 
It saved so wait, itself wait, wait, wait. for me, actually. Wait, wait. I, I just wanted to say this one thing. I was thinking, okay, it's taken over 90% of his body. How's he writing this down? Oh, he has little spurt to control, and then he jots it down. Which also makes sense as to why the story is a short story. Yeah. Just a fun thought. But the other thing, um, he doesn't really, does he really say what happens when he loses control? I thought he just lost control. Does uh, he the beginning... become an eventual void? Mm, I think he just inhabits his body and takes on a quote-unquote permanent role, which we don't know what that is. And so it's not this is the new Itokra coming out. Kind of. New Gold. And... <laughs> And in the beginning, it said it's free as long as you accept a new vision of reality or something. Um, which, okay, that makes sense. I still think it was a bit too broad to say that it can cure cancer and multiple sclerosis and erase memories and stuff. I think that's a bit much, and it didn't well, need that. Think of, I, well, sure, but it like, could just say like, "Hey, it's cured my carpal tunnel, and like maybe my limb was paralyzed, and now it's not." Um, I, I think just having it be, you know. The fact that it's so powerful to begin with kind of maybe led us to think, okay, yeah. It's... Well, maybe they par partnered with Big Pharma and they could <laughs> cure actually cure all illnesses because of that so that they could use this person to do whatever they want. Maybe. Uh, I also think it's entirely possible in a future where people don't bother with legal crap and companies skirt the law all the time. I don't think this is However, possible. this is a little improbable given that there's so much out and about about contracts being found out and having ridiculous bullshit in them, which is not... A mark against the story so much as it is the author's choice. Wouldn't, um, well, I mean, clearly, I mean, some somebody who has no life would read through this document and post it all over the web. Absolutely. But, like, Absolutely. I mean, this is also science fiction or cryosleep fiction. Yeah, again, so it's in a future where presumably people do trust this and, you know, do trust these contracts but didn't read all the way through. So it's... Not an outlandish idea, and then but they hard, force... to, hard to so suspend So the real question is, what do they do with his body? Do they, like, force him to just go, here, government, have all my money, or here, company, have all my money, or do they force him to uh, maybe... Maybe he's one of the bots on Twitter that are following you. <laughs> <laughs> they turn him into a spam bot. <laughs> uh, well, we don't know, and that's the ominous, purposeful... Va a vagueness about it. I know, but that's everyone has to accept like a permanent the role. The cool part is, what do you do with them once you have all them? Well, presumably, well, that's for us to come up with because the company wants to control a bunch of people, pretty much everyone, if they're giving it away for free. So they probably just want to take over the world. Pinky and the brain. Why do I have to be pinky? Because I spoke first. <laughs> These are shotgun rules. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Anything. That's almost the fun part, though, is like. I, you well, know, but, but, the, what do you do? Like, if you have a large percent of the, of the population whose wallets you can control, whose voting power you can control, well, who's, well, look, what do you do with it? Well, look further than that. If you have people working in, like, significant infrastructure you control, you don't even need money. You can just take over stuff, right? So I think it's incidental whatever his role would be because it doesn't matter. The point is they're taking over everybody, so everyone's going to be under control. We just don't know what small part he would play in it yet. I think. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what he's going to do. It matters that he was taken over and this is how and why, I think. I know, but that's the fun part. Write that part. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> give a, a PS or give an epilogue. Well, what did he do in your epilogue? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Decompose. That was good as usual. Decompose also gave me more stories. So in the future, we'll read some more. Oh, first comment. Do you want to become the human sentai pad? <laughs> this is how you become the human sentai pad. Good luck, OP. I'm a bot. Bleep boop. 
Someone has linked to this thread from another place on Reddit. Okay. I don't know if that's an actual Reddit bot or whatever. Anyway, moving on. In between the static. I couldn't hear that. In between the static. They couldn't hear the last part. Static. <laughs> I can't whisper in this stupid mic. Yes, you can. You just have to project. Don't test the pop filter. All right. Our last story today is from the Creepypasta Wiki. Oh, God. It has to be this long. (laughs) I hear horror horror stories about Creepypasta. Get it? Ha, ha. What? They're they're being bad. They bad. (laughs) They bad. Ever heard of Creepypasta? They bad. This is called In Between the Static. It is... Penned by I'm He's, Gonna Be That Guy, licensed CC by SA. So I'm guessing there's images he sees in the static that are horrifyingly frightening. How's that sci fi? I don't know. Why I, do you have it then? Well, it's. Who tipped you off? I looked under science and technology and blah, blah, blah genres and this came up. So maybe it'll be sounds in the static or messages from things. I don't know. It's, it's science fiction. I, so it's heavy horror, but it's, it's science fiction. Okay, aliens then. Aliens. Maybe it's aliens. We'll see. Aliens. All right. In between the static. There it is. In between the static. It's faint at first, buried deep in the hiss. But after you hear it, after you know it's there, it becomes so loud you want to cover your ears and scream. I can sound the words out for you, but that's it. We never got the rom- the romanization down. It sounds like... Ipthok... Koal pregiato desvagotet. Abysme just thinks he can do that because he occasionally says Cthulhu phrases or Lovecraftian well, stuff. I will take your sassy remark and turn it around on you. Yeah, that was a little bit Lovecraftian, so I'm okay with that. Iad to des. I'm gonna put it in my own language. Ip thok ka el preggers. <laughs> Iota. <laughs> Tau. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you showed me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Your made-up dialect of a made-up language is so much better. There are images in the snow. Ones beyond the bisected face and blank eyes that see in dimensions our scientists can only dream about. In the static I've seen across the universe... Spindly stick figures with no noticeable head and arms that bow out reach almost to their point. What? I've seen across the universe. Spindly stick figures with no noticeable head and arms that bow out reach almost to their pointed feet. Diamond storms that rip the skin off ugly dog things scavenging in a pure white desert. I've seen former colleagues from the mountains. I've wondered if they were taken or given. All right. So far, actually, this is pretty well written. Mm. Cool imagery. And if this is a Lovecraftian thing, which it feels like, it's it's using something that most have. I don't think anyone's done and saying you can look through TV static to peer across dimensions or something. I haven't, I haven't seen that, honestly. Usually it's just I read a book or I heard a song and boom, it happened. But this is like you're watching TV... Or an old TV that has static and you can see things. So And so somebody sits around and watches static and scares his family? Or just scares himself. I don't know. I'm invested so far. Mole and Eggers, that must be the colleagues, 
dying slow asphyxiated deaths on the bare on the barely air of some blank and purple alien planet. Lots of experiments. Jun, Bledsoe, Schwartz, Candlelow, Roni, and others. Vivisection, of course. Hours of it. No anesthetic. But they don't die or pass out. Dying is for later. Okay, I think this is aliens. Dying is for the bioweapon testing, using diseases we shouldn't have to, had to worry about encountering for centuries. Candelow was ripped apart by mold. Just a few airborne spores, and in days it was growing everywhere. Skin bulged, eyes bulged, couldn't close his mouth, because it grew on his tongue. Then he just burst, blossomed into a bloody hill of deeply grooved fungi. So cordyceps. Um, oh shit, yeah, like super cordyceps. Is he seeing this in the TV? Yeah. So this is a, a possible alternate reality then? Mm, or just like a way to see across time and... Uh, not time and space, but just like see across space, maybe? But his friends are dying on a purple alien planet that they've probably never been to? Uh, well, we don't know or yet. Or is he just seeing insane images on a TV? I don't know. Let's find out. <sighs> Gases, artificial gravity, abrasion tests, brain surgeries, amputations, organ transplants with strange creatures as donors... Unit 731 stuff. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a reference to CIA or uh, Area 51 things. Okay. That could be wrong. Hours of experiments in the static. Hours and minutes. They have this way of folding information. Like a note folded into a tight square where you can still read every inch of it. They bring the static with them. Radio and television. They don't have to. They do it on purpose. It's stimulus. I hear the hiss and start to cry. In the beginning, I used to lock down the house. I bought every kind of lock and bolt and chain I could. Put them on the windows and door. A few times, I boarded everything up. Used my furniture to barricade any entry point. It's useless. Their fingers, they get through. They flatten, stretch, and slip through the cracks. Long, thin worms that wrap around whatever's keeping them out. Sometimes they make me watch. Sometimes my cabin fills with burning light. When it fades, I've lost time, and there they are, watching me. Eventually, I stopped. No more locks, no barricades. I just sit and wait, but not tonight. Tonight, I'm making them work for it. When the static screams and the voices come on, I don't think. Just run to the door and slip outside. Finally wiping the tears from my eyes, I look up. Jesus, there's so many of them. They don't look like they should fly. It's all weird angles and counterintuitive design. In space, it doesn't matter, I guess. Here, though, they should be falling out of the sky. Back at the mountain, we could use the internal tech, but design was too radical. People would get suspicious. Things would change. Completely silent, they hover just barely visible against the gloam. Gloom? I, just, I head for the woods. Gloam might be a word, but I've don't never quote me heard on. that word. It, it could be. They've been here for a long time. We've gotten some things from them. Technology mostly, obviously, but it's like beads for Manhattan. <laughs> nice. We always knew. We always knew that we weren't in the driver's seat. Always knew how it would end. You've seen the things they can do, even if you don't realize it. They can level buildings like they're made of balsa wood. They slip in between them. I don't know what to call it. Dimensions? Realities? They go and they rip the tiniest piece apart, and on our side the whole thing comes down. They can do it to whole cities. August 9th, 1945. There wasn't a bomb. There was a, there was simple mimicry. The last night of dusk is almost gone. I didn't bring a flashlight. I thought it would draw too much attention to me. 
Now I'm just barely trotting, groping in front of me with one hand and keeping the other on the nearest trunk. This was stupid. They're going to catch me. I'm just drawing it out. They found me here after I left the mountain. The other side of the country, in the middle of nowhere. It was a message. I'm not going to tell anybody. It didn't matter. I look back and watch the edge of the forest. My heart beat so loud they couldn't probably find me just by following my heart beat so loud they could probably find me just by following the thumps. A tall pillar of bug zapper blue light flicks on where my cabin is. It moves so slowly it takes me a while to even realize it's gotten closer. I turn and run. Crashing and flailing, kicking leaves and snapping branches. There's nowhere to go. My foot drops into a hole. Crazed rabid panic fills me, and I wrench my leg around to see what kind of trap from beyond the stars I caught in. I, I'm caught in. It's just a goddamn hole made by some dumb animal. Pain shoots up my calves. I gingerly take my twisted ankle out of the hole and limp forward. Time to give up. What a stupid idea. I could get my way into the darkness, maybe try to cover myself with leaves, but that's just entertainment for them. A funny note in their catalog of human behavior. I ease myself down against a tree and just watch the light. When the light hits them, the tree trunks bend outward like they're elastic. They're bigger than we can see. They exist in every direction. Closer. I can almost make out the figure inside of the light. I think I'm crying, but my senses are unraveling in its presence. I, I've i been there. I forget what? where, but like... You've you, been in front of aliens in a... No, wood? no, like when you're so traumatized you don't realize you're crying. Uh, I've had I've had instances like that. Like I remember falling down a, a small cliff once and like landing on my back. So it was a real shock to the system and I also had the wind knocked out of me and then when I kind of like regained everything I realized I was crying. So I, I thought that was a nice touch. I remember yawning out lots of times in a row and then crying, not realizing it. <laughs> I think I'm crying, but my senses are unraveling in its presence. It is the only thing I'm really aware of. It is the only thing I'm really aware of it. Okay. Closer. I can see... The, uh, bleh, bleh. Now, there are some typos in these sentences. Closer. I can see the outline of a thick V-shaped head that juts back half a foot in, a f in fat tumor-like boobos. Bubbles? Bubos. Like the bubonic plague? Bubos. Okay. At the apex of each slant is its fleshed over eyes. Wide indents of long brows holding in small lakes of a thin membrane. Interesting. There's an eye similar to ours underneath the skin. I know. I've done autopsies. They just don't need it anymore. So... He's so, been part of something that's right, studied and that's on why them. he's like knows when he watches the TV what he's looking for. Maybe he's like got a way to receive the signals that come in between the static. Maybe. And nobody else, like he has some sort of rig that Maybe. figures that out. Okay. And so they're broadcasting autopsies to their um, redneck alien brothers that live <laughs> on Earth. Or not alien, aliens conducting autop, or probing, I don't know, whatever they're... On aliens and humans? Maybe. It's talking to me. Cooing sing-song layered words packed with image and smell and sound. Destruction, charred flesh, crying babies, the static deafening. Holocaust fast and slow, some die in flames and quakes of reality. 
A molecular disease where others die in camps, farms, zoos, and labs. These are holes in the sky. Out of them come exterminating angels, servants of a distant and inconceivable lord. That method of communication was in an a episode of, oh my god, Eon Flux, the old cartoon. Where they speak in imagery? Yeah, like they, they communicate, kind of like through telepathy, but they give you images instead of words. That was... That I'm also sure everyone reminds else has me done a that. little bit of how uh, the Ender's Game movie made the, the aliens little bit. talk, too. Yeah, it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. It is similar to that, and I thought that was a cool thing. Nobody does anything. Nobody tries to stop them. It's above me. I think I hear my sobs over the words. It raises its six-fingered hand and the digits slither forward. Two of them, vaguely warm with life, glide over my face, up my cheeks. They flatten and slowly go over my eyelid under the ball and back, back, coiling around the optic nerve. Two more up each nostril. The fingers divide, sending tributaries into my sinuses and down my lungs, down into my lungs. They atomize, pass through membrane and cell walls to get to my nervous system and brain. I'm being absorbed, trans- translated into something intangible that they can send through the air to the ships above. They don't have to do this. There are other ways. I wake up on the floor of the white room. I hoped it wouldn't be this. Prayed. It wasn't always, but, the f- but for the past few months it mostly was. There's Ronnie Statler, cradled in her chair made from a kind of rubbery satin. She was one of the few women at the mountain. Not pretty, but pretty enough. Nice. And funny. Nice. (laughs) Women are funny, Carla. Get over it. Women also have to be pretty enough in order to be noticed. If we had gotten together before, I would have been a lucky man. A little too late there, (laughs) but all right. They've already put the suit on me. Like a second skin, it keeps all my dander and oils in. They wouldn't know I was wearing it unless I touched you and you felt a thin plastic dermis. Sorry, I, um, they've already put the suit on me, like a second skin it keeps on my, I know what, fuck it. I think I fucked that up. Are you trying to rap? Yeah. Something about the cadence of that. Okay. So are they trying to, like, keep his germs from spreading to them? Yeah, they're trying to contain everything. I get up. The suit tightens and loosens where, where needed as I move. I've gotten as used to her as I can be expected to. Visions of her still float up into my brain, and I have to push them away, push them out any way I can. But when I'm with her, I can deal with it. I gently touch her arm. Like a second skin, it keeps all my dander and oils in. There we go. I got it. Sorry. Stupid. Stupid rap. Are you proud of yourself? I'm very proud it of myself. Sound, it sounded more, um... <laughs> it was like was old hip-hop commercial <laughs> for something. <laughs> oh, okay. But, all right, so he keeps getting abducted and meeting up. Or putting put in the same so place. So he keeps getting as... abducted over and over again. I guess. But I yeah. thought he said this time he was going to make them work for it. He just went outside. He ran. Oh. Every other time he was barricading himself in. Okay. Yeah. So he gently touches her arm. There's muffled snorting and sucking sounds from inside her. The upper row of teeth at what used to be the back of her head jostles a bit, and the tongue that hangs down under the lower set squirms against the base of her skull. She, tr- she tries to turn her useless and hidden eyes to me. Holy shit, what do they do to her? Is that... Oh, is this the same lady as before? Yeah, or? so she's in some... She's been mangled beyond recognition. Oh, I recognition. thought they were talking uh, that he had, had a relationship with the alien. He's came so many times. No, Ronnie. 
Ronnie's a lady. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, that's what happens when you touch crack, kids. Don't do drugs. Aliens will get you. And turn your, uh, head jostles, uh, and turn your upper row of teeth into... Never mind. Nothing. <laughs> no, never mind. Don't put that in. Oh, is it my turn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me, Ronnie. She raises a shaking hand and I softly take it. It hurts her, I think. Even this limp touch. I want them to take me back soon, but I want them to let me stay here with them forever. I watch her blood flow. It was perfect. Not a drip or seep as it ran along the outside of her veins to her heart. Thick with red muscle nestled between her lungs, rocking softly with each pump. Did they, like, pull off her skin or turn her inside Maybe. out? It's, it, he's going through great lengths to describe this. And I think he's trying to describe something very complicated. Horrific, yeah. but it is, it's a little well, difficult to getting, put it together. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is he's, put, he's using a lot of words, and I'm still not really getting images in my head. So. Yeah. Um, so, for some reason, you can see her heart and her blood outside of her body. Um, and Maybe. he's mesmerized by it, because she's just so... Because she's pretty enough. My eyes trace the veins and arteries that make her exposed body into a roadmap. The quiet biological noise of her organs and her strangled breathing are the only sounds in the white cell. I still don't understand how she breathes. I sit down on the floor near her leg, and with the greatest care, I rest my cheek against the pale tissue and muscle of her thigh. In a stuttering shift, my eyes finally focus on the light yellow sphere piled on her belly. In the sea of liquor amni, amni, amnii. Where is it? In the sea of liquor amnii. Yeah, amnii. I, okay, I don't know what that is. Some biological fluid. Against the bruised purple backdrop of placenta, my eyes lock on the bottom, the button black eyes of our fetal daughter. Ooh. Yeah. Does Ronnie even know? They turned her inside out right after fertilization. She must have figured out why they were forcing us to be together. Okay, so yeah, they basically stripped away all of her skin and stuff so they can see her biological inner biological functions and she's uh, so they want to so they want to learn pregnancy basically uh, hmm, yeah interesting how humans reproduce let's just turn somebody in and out that way phys physiology is still active hmm okay it was easy it would be easy just to reach in break the water and take the tiny unformed body in my hands and throw her against the wall Grind her beneath my heel, rip her in two. Just as easily, I could grab Ronnie's heart and mangle it into uselessness. Even easier, when I get back home, I can cut my throat or blow a hole through my brain or hang myself from the tallest tree. But I don't. I love Ronnie, even though, at first, she cried, struggled, and looked at me with such hate. After a while, she softened. Or maybe the whole ordeal just burned all the care out of her. And I love our daughter. I love her even though she's a wide furrow running through the center of her head and it's getting deep and narrow. I don't know how long they let me stay, but it's not long enough. I wake up in my cabin, disgusted and afraid. It all feels different down here. Uh, does that mean that uh, her, his daughter has a cleft palate? Maybe. Maybe. Down here, the worst is still coming. Coming on such definite track, it might as well have already happened. More than any tortured colleagues, that's what they want. That's what they show me in the static. When I look hard in between the shifting black 
and white points past the v-shaped face past the experiments i see earth i see every television and radio blaring static like an air raid siren a billion fathers cursing and flicking through channel after channel of snow the only warning they get and it will come soon hmm okay so to recap Aliens have been experimenting on us. We just don't know it. But if you looked at radio and TV static, or listened to radio and looked at TV static, you would be able to gleam all this. Which, okay, I get what the author's going for. I get that it's a horrible things lie beyond what we always skip over, and we're missing all of the warning signs, and it's going to be our doom. So there's a cosmic horror element to it i see this guy talking on like a history channel documentary <laughs> and um, explaining all this in this long form and um, it is a little rambling <laughs> um a few paragraphs were kind of not necessary i get that it was for narrative sake but this is a concise idea and it could have stayed concise and i felt that you know some of it was just kind of unnecessary the imagery could be cool, um, but yeah, it was just a little drawn out, I think, for length's sake. Uh, but that being no, said, not bad considering other creepypastas we've read on yeah, this show. It was pretty interesting. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's fun to read. It is fun to read, and I, I genuinely do... Like the idea of if you look at radio static close enough, you see aliens experimenting on people. That's a creepy idea. That really is. I just think it should have been shorter because it lost a little bit of its effectiveness and we got kind of derailed with, oh, by the way, I'm in love with a inside out human and our baby, which I kind of was just so there for the gross out factor. it would have been better if he said flat out that this is a creepypasta and he wasn't sure if it was real. Um, and that you should look at the static in your TV and yeah, yeah. see aliens in it. Because creepypasta, it's supposed to. This is how it originally was. It's supposed to make you... I was joking. That was a no, joke. No, but you're right. What? Yeah, you're right. But you said, like, flat out, last time we read a creepypasta, never ever to put the oh, word Oh, that's what you meant. Well, well, yeah, and here you are contradicting yourself. I thought you meant that the creepy... This should make people go, oh, crap, I need to look at my TV static. Maybe he's right. Which it doesn't because it... The no, perspective totally changes. Does. What do you mean the perspective doesn't change? Well, because typically... It's very clearly a, his perspective, and as he goes through it, very in-the-moment thought. Um, but it goes from what's happening to him right now to, and then all this stuff is happening generally in right, a time Right, because that's frame. what he's thinking about. He's like going, and then this will happen, and then that will but happen. But none of that And makes, they will never know. But none of that makes me want to go look at my the static on my TV. Are you, no, well, this is... And that's what these things the are trying to do. In the context of a sci-fi, this is pretty interesting. As far as creeping me out, eh. <laughs> sure. I'm just saying, as a creepypasta, it kind of fails, because it doesn't motivate the reader to go, oh, crap, is that what's in between static? It's more like, this is a story where there was nefarious stuff behind static. You know, it doesn't really ask you to suspend your disbelief that much, because it's established fairly early on, this is, you know, an episode of something. Oh, this is fun. First post. Um, I'm posting the URL to the entire article underneath Edward Snowden's comment when he was interviewed by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Quote, 
So if you have an alien civilization trying to listen for other civilizations or our civilization trying to listen for aliens, there's only one small period in the development of our society when all of their communication will be sent via the most primitive and most unprotected means. So when we think about everything that we're hearing through our satellites or everything that they're hearing from our civilization, if there are indeed aliens out there, all of their communications are encrypted by default. So what we are hearing, that's actually an alien television show, or, you know, a phone call, is indistinguishable to us from cosmic microwave background radiation. Interesting. Eh. Another decent idea. Well, I mean, it's... It's very human to be able to spot patterns, though. I mean, sure, if there are... Or to make patterns. Right. So, if there are other dimensional beings and they know how to hide stuff, I'm sure they could easily get it past us. But I I, I don't know if I believe that statement. It's a fun statement. Question everything. Kinda. A lot of people seem to like this. And, again, for... Uh... For the general quality of Creepypasta, this is pretty damn, pretty damn good. Um, we got some author comments here. Oh, he's just stating his uh, influences and talking about anime. What are his influences? I'm curious. Cronenberg. <laughs> Not kidding. Uh, I'm a big Cronenberg fan and a Videodrome. And Videodrome has been a big influence on me. Historia I'm working on currently is uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's all I really got to say about this one. Cool idea. Execution a bit drawn out. So that's why he has everyone, where he's talking about all the aliens is Cronenberg style. <laughs> Very blob, blobby and hard to describe. Oh. Uh, or alien stick figures. We live in a post-Rick and Morty world. Nothing will ever <laughs> be the same for sci-fi. I'm saying that now. No. And we'll paint everything. Which is, if anything, I, I disagree. Well, whatever. I disagree with everything. But th- if anything, Rick and Morty shows it's that more stuff should, more imagination should be applied to everything. So the idea that things have to be like Rick and Morty is itself against what Rick and Morty is trying to do. Oh, I'm not saying it has to be like it. I'm saying it's influenced by, or at least the author is saying that. And that's a good thing, though. Things should be influenced by rick and morty because it sets the bar very very high you know keep summer safe (laughs) not like totally awesome and chill and stuff (laughs) well that is the bar is so high that is our show for today paprika is very sleepy no i'm yeah i'm okay (laughs) Uh, i'm always sleepy i'm sorry thank you to our authors for and thank you, Refrigerator. <laughs> thank you to our authors for submitting the stories. And uh, go check out the three sources here. The short, fi- su- short sci-fi story subreddit. The cryosleep slub- subreddit. I can't talk today either. It's been a long day and it's only fucking Monday. And go check out the Creepypasta Wiki. Uh, I will leave links for all this below. Um, where the authors and the stories... Thank you very much, and uh, stay tuned for these important messages. What important messages? Feeling peckish this midnight? Set your appetite for terror, and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinera podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest in sinister stories, and... 
coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as yearly audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appétit! <laughs>